This is an ABC podcast. Hi, Zan. Woman Jekka, Miff. Ah, yeah, of course. It is NAIDOC week. Woman Jekka is the traditional greeting where we are on the yep. lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung peoples in the Kulin Nation. And it's a big week of celebration of black excellence, of yep. First Nations culture. And particularly this year, the theme for NAIDOC is Heal Country, which is very much asking us all to you know, look for greater protections for our lands, yep. for our waters, our sacred sites, our cultural heritage. These are all things that have been in the news a lot in the past few years, but particularly for the tens of thousands of years that mm. First Australians have been taking care of the land and how yep. much that's changed in the last couple of hundred. It's great that the focus for NAIDOC this week is heal country. Yeah. And there's been some amazing stories um, all over Australia being told this week. I've been loving it. Yeah, it's been great. Um, big mob brekkie on uh, NITV. NITV yeah. Fabulous. Like yeah. it's it's just great to get different perspectives uh, on these things. I think it's a really interesting way to change up how you how you do your mornings. And it's only this week. I wish it was every week. I think. <laughs> and that's the other thing about NADOC week too. You know, uh, we have a week, but there are a lot of people who would suggest that we need to do this all the time. And I would concur. I think. I think I remember last year thinking the same thing that in all the little um, ads in between all ABC programs, they've got, you know, people speaking in language about what's coming mm. up and what's on ABC and iView. Uh, we saw Channel 10 this week um, po- doing the weather with traditional um, country names around Australia. Brilliant. And obviously people like Gardening Australia and, and other um, shows on TV, commercial and otherwise, have been using Indigenous place names increasingly. Australia Post has started mm-hmm. using them in, you know, the actual address labels and stuff like that. The foot's on the pedal with that. I think that the use of them more and more and this continuing conversation about connection for all of us to our shared heritage yeah. um, is is something that is, is growing and, and I'm happy to see it. But there's still a long way to go. We're going to be actually banging on about a couple of great um, – watches this yeah. week for NADOC week, which you can watch. But it's been a big week of music, art, life and stuff. Hang on, before we start though on music, life, art and stuff, mm-hmm. I've got to say thank you no. for the slippers that you <laughs> gave me as I came in today. It's um, bloody freezing. It's absolutely freezing. I can't get warm and she's off at your house yep. and I, I was a bit worried because I am cold. <laughs> And Zan has just come downstairs with it. She goes, do you want a pair of slippers? And I initially said no because I've just got a pair of Ugg boots yeah. myself, some pretty schmicko ones I okay. must say. All right. So I said, no, 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 no I'm fine. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm about minimalising things. And then she brought them downstairs. They're leopard skin slip-ons. Leopard print. Leopard print, They're sorry, faux. not leopard skin. I don't skin. have, le- I'm not that fancy <laughs> or Fo- cruel. Faux leopard is, skin slippers. is skin for me, Zan, because it looks, you know, any, any leopard is real leopard, but not really. I don't ever want to wear a real leopard ever. <laughs> but so I just, yeah, it's leopard print and um, they're slip-ons and they're fabulous. So they're thank very you. Cute. I said, oh, I'll have those. <laughs> that is the product of a few weeks ago when Melbourne was in a snap, quote-unquote snap lockdown. Snap lockdown for three weeks. <laughs> Still going. Not very snap. Um, and our hearts go out to Sydney too yeah. uh, who and New South Wales who are experiencing the uncertainty of lockdown. I think that's the hardest part about it, not knowing when it's going to end and not being sure of, of how it will play out and you know, we, we, a lot of love coming from down here. Yeah, that anxiety is real. I bought those slippers in the midst of that mm. brief lockdown a few weeks ago and 
I totally got the targeted. This company was like, Melbourne, you're in lockdown. We mm. feel for you. Here's $5 off slippers. Yeah, and you went, yes. And I was like, they care for me. They obviously don't. <laughs> They're just trying to sell slippers. Well, they're caring for me now. Well, they, I didn't I get it. big enough slippers, so they're yours now. I love it. Thank Enjoy. you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you can wear those slippers when you settle in for what I'm assuming is going to be maybe an August-September drop of the third season of Succession. Oh, my God. It's back. Let's take a little listen to the trailer. You are Kendall Roy. You are fucking Kendall Roy. Is it true? He's on his way? Yeah, I don't see him yet with his stupid walk. No drama. We're good. I'm going to fucking kill him. The revolution will be televised. He's our dad, but he was going to send me to jail. He'd do the same to all of us. Chevy, are you okay? Are you part of this family or not? If I back you against dad, you would need to let me take over. Whoa, Nelly. So this came out on Wednesday morning, overnight. I freaked out. Um, <laughs> the Roy family tearing each other apart. We knew that they were filming it. I follow Sarah Snook on Instagram, so I've been seeing, watching her uh, while she's Australia's been Australia's own it. Sarah Snook. She's amazing. Say. She is amazing. Shiv. And, yeah, it's going to be uh, an absolute shit fight, it looks like. Kendall Roy is back. He's trying to take over. They're all tearing each other apart. There's people aligning with people. Uh, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> Greg. Greg's, I think Greg is the winner of, Greg's of this show. Greg's going to turn. Exactly. I feel like Greg's, Greg's going to be the, the nice CEO guy at the end of this season. The nice guy, the unassuming guy. I feel like he is the one who will take over the empire. And the empire, of course, is based on media families like the Murdochs yeah. and uh, there's another huge family in America that it's based on as well and I can't think of their name right now. Vanderbilts? The Vanderbilts, yeah. that's it. So uh, it's not real but it feels very, very real yeah. when you know the main players of, of these dynasties, these media mogul dynasties um, and, yeah, it's quite exciting. It's just people being awful but they're your favourite awful people. And that, that was really the kicker, wasn't it, when with the first season happened, everyone was talking about it and I started watching it and I was just like, oh, my God, these are the worst people but somehow they suck you in. And the second season was even better than the first so I'm very curious to hear where this third season going to go. There won't be any mention of COVID. We talked about this a few yeah. months ago when TV series were deciding how they covered the pandemic, if they did, whether people wanted an escape. And Succession clearly said there won't be any COVID in our season. It won't exist because it's not Rich a central part of the narrative. Rich people <laughs> also don't get sick. Yeah. Oh, that, and if they do, they can get the best medical care. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's also something that probably plays into it as well. You know why I think succession works? It's not only watching how rich people navigate their lives and navigate things like the succession of, of a family. But the best bit for me was watching them and they're, they're on that amazing yacht. I think it's in the second series. Oh, my God, the yacht. Incredible yacht, you know, one of the, those multi-billion dollar ones that you see when you go on holidays in Italy and you look out into the water and go, who the fuck owns those? James Packer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no one is having a good time on that yacht. Yeah, totally. And that kind of gave me heart to, to believe that, you know, aside from the money, they're not in, you know, their life is awful. More money, more problems. Oh, so many problems. And they, they, you know, they're all infighting, they're all backstabbing. It's no one's relaxed. No one's having a good time. It's not like they're on their yachts having a great time. And that kind of made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot Isn't <that> wait. Awful? <laughs> Succession season three. Um, fall or autumn in the States, which means our spring. So very much excited about that. Meanwhile, you've been hate watching a series. Oh God, I love it when you hate watch. And I'm so glad that you are once again taking this for the team. Oh, because thank you. I, look, I, I felt like I, 
I Everyone's ha- talking about this had show. To, I had to take it for the team. Uh, it's been hard. And I must admit, I haven't, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just realised what I said. It's called Sex Slash Life. It's on Netflix. And my goodness, has the internet blown up about this in the last couple of weeks? It's a nine newspapers headline by Thomas Mitchell and um, I don't agree with everything in this article but the headline kind of nails it. Netflix shows sex life is so bad I can no longer enjoy sex or life. (laughs) Give him the Walkley. I know. Oh, no. The Walkley is going to go to Talia Pritchard uh, from Punky whose headline says it all and she actually asked for the Walkley at the end of this article as well and I say give it to her. This is the headline. Does that dick in the sex slash life scene really belong to Adam Demos? An investigation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if people aren't across. Please explain because I haven't seen it but I did go to season three halfway through. Sorry, episode three halfway through the episode because I needed to see it for myself and I didn't watch anything except for that. Dirty girl. I I needed to investigate. You did. Well, so did Talia and so did did we all. So we'll get to to that investigation in just a tick but let's get the premise of the show. We have a woman who is obviously uh, a very sexual being, which is great, sex positive, all of that. She's had quite a life. She's a psychologist, a a uni lecturer. She's uh, now settled down with a couple of kids and a husband lives in a a beautiful mansion in upstate New York. She used to live in New York where her life was wild and sexy and crazy and she's missing her life. Um, Although I've got to say her life looks pretty darn good with the two kids. (laughs) She gets around in a nighty all day. Her husband's pretty good looking, seems quite nice, doesn't seem to have too many issues Um, and she's just a little bit lost and there's a really, really awful scene where the sun traps a butterfly in a jar and... uh, Is that an analogy? It's an analogy and it's, I mean, this is why this show is so genius. In the spirit of showgirls, the brutal analogies and metaphors are, I mean, look, it starts out as funny and I've got to say it really breaks you down by the end. You're like, it's... The, the, the joy gets sucked out of it. But at the start you're going, no, she's not going to do this. She's not. She is. Oh, that beautiful butterfly is trapped. She, see, she needs to fly. She needs to live. Anyway, so this metaphor then plays out for the entire series, which I haven't finished yet, but the metaphor is that she is missing her past lovers, her part or lover in particular, which is the Adam Demos character. The ex. The ex. And she's missing the sex. Because apparently um, the partner that she has now is a bit vanilla mm. and she's a bit bored, mm. uh, which happens, I guess, in mm. long-term relationships. Mm. But uh, as far as I can tell so far, she's not actually doing anything bad. She's just reliving those memories and writing a novel, which Oh, so there's will no, it's be, more of an emotional affair than a physical affair? Oh, uh, and it would be – it's based on a book. I don't even know what book this television series is based <laughs> on, but I never, ever want to read it. In the spirit of Showgirls? Yeah, in the spirit <laughs> Uh, but Showgirls is funny and fun and kind of empowering, whereas this is like, I don't know. It, it sounds very Fifty Shades to me. It's totally Fifty Shades. And it's and on, there's a massive market for and that. And there's a huge market. And if I look, if there's a trend where this book is being read on trains, I'm not into it because it's kind of <laughs> gross. <laughs> 
and everyone is talking about the reveal where the the partner reads her novel or reads her sorry her journal, which obviously becomes the novel, reads her journal and then ends up in a gymnasium where this Adam Demos character is and he showers next to him to see what all the fuss is about. I didn't realise she hadn't said any words about what this fuss was Mm. but obviously he's read between the lines, the partner, and he looks over and this Adam character, who is an Australian fellow, P.S., who was in Unreal. Do you remember the television series that that was the... uh, Based on like The Bachelorette, like the producers of The Bachelorette. and he was one of the main characters in, I think, the final episode and he's, he's, he's great. Um, I mean, this performance, I, I don't even have words. Because um, <laughs> when he turns around, I think everybody's heart stopped. It's like an elephant trunk. It's, it's not huge. real. It's not real. Look, I don't know. Is that? He doesn't deny it and there's been some serious investigation which I found in a Daily Mail article because I rolled deep. Oh, no. I rolled deep. It's been a while since you visited the Daily Mail. I know. The the sidebar (laughs) of shame. You are really hitting the absolute bottom of the barrel this week. I am. I am. But the wonderful Emma Rusciano has done the investigative work for us given Mm. that Adam is Australian, said, come on, ladies, someone must know. And he grew up in a country town and a couple of ladies had actually DM'd her and said... It's true. And if that's... I don't know how I feel about that. No. <laughs> There's got to be a line, right? There's got to be a line. I'd be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Sex Life on Netflix. Do watch it. Don't watch it. You're going to finish it, aren't you? I'll finish it, but it's getting hard. Getting more getting difficult. Harder, is it? It's getting more difficult to finish as it just gets worse and worse and nothing really changes. She just keeps having fantasies and that's, you know, that's kind of fine once or twice but after a while it gets a bit boring. Isn't that the whole point though that the actual once you satisfy it then the thrill is gone? It's Mm. all about the fantasy Mm. which is why the grass is always greener on the other side. That is true. Here's my psychological analysis of sex life even though I've never seen it except for about 15 seconds halfway through episode three. You just went straight to the bit. I'm time poor. That's that all I'm true. saying. I'm time that for. That is true. And really you're not, you're not, there, there's no growth here. There's no, no growth. No growth. With the- <laughs> Well, you'd hope not. <laughs> you'd think you'd hope he was a shower, not a grower, wouldn't you? Oh, like it's not. There's no room to grow. It's not. Uh, yeah, seriously. And and men and women will both all. I mean, this is the thing. It's not. It's not about objectifying. It's. I think the world is just astounded. Yeah. Mm. Impressed, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Curious, definitely. Not that it's important. All of that, none of that is important. Size does not matter. We know that. That was it. Was just something out of out of un, unexpected. Let's say. <laughs> now, Miff, are you comfortable? Are you sitting down? I am. After that, I had to. Lay back, close your eyes. We're going to talk about meditation. Amazing piece, a few pieces this week um, that I've been catching up on because I'm very curious about the rise of meditation apps in particular. Meditation has been around for eons, as we know, but the Western world has gotten on board in a huge way over the last few decades. And in the last few years meditation apps are just going nuts and have just exploded 
as the pandemic kicked off last year. There's a great piece in the New York Times mm. called Meditation Apps Want Us to Chill Out. Musicians are happy to help. And this is part of the meditation app world that I find really interesting because you've got this world where musicians are a lot of musicians are struggling because they can't earn money doing what actually gives them the most money in many cases, which is touring. Mm. So that they're doing things like composing music for meditation. Erica Badu, who's often had a very strong tie to wellness in general. Yeah. She's a bit of an earth mother, so that's not a surprise. But Diplo released an ambient record last year. Sufjan Stevens put out a huge five-volume collection of keyboard music called Convocations. Even Alicia Keys did a, a meditation experience with Deepak Chopra. And I saw um, this week, I got an email about Devendra Banhart. Yeah, Remember Devendra Banhart? He's putting an ambient album out as well. I, and, gave and it, I gave it a listen. It's on the, the app that I've got. It's quite pretty. It's really nice. It's, it's like new age music. It's the stuff that mm. we've been hearing for ages. But now all of these artists that we previously probably thought they would never do this, they're too cool, are absolutely diving into this kind of new age world. Well, and it, I all think goes, it all goes it back to it all goes back to to Brian Eno. Eventually it oh, will yeah. all end that the, that journey will end there. He was one of the originals. Um, the ambient godfather. Absolutely. In this New York Times piece mm. it says that musicians used to align themselves with like you know brands like Vans and Red Bull and Toyota. Yeah. Um, because they could you know give them a lot of cash but also they'd have credibility with young consumers but now these apps are doing something similar they're kind of offering artistic opportunities which is what some of these brands do and let's be honest like this whole idea of selling out just can't exist anymore no, where people no can't play albums money. if you're not going to buy an album then an artist has to find revenue somewhere else absolutely and look I think it has gone I think that's very much a, a product of of the 90s when we came up through the business and it was seen as selling out to sign with a major label, whereas kids these days and, and even, you know, sort of older musicians, everyone knows that you've you got to make a dollar where you can. There's not that judgment call anymore. No, there is not. And, no, I would never, and I would never make it on any artist anymore. And that, remember that whole discussion about putting your music to advertisements and how that was selling out? It's like if someone gets a car campaign, I'm like, good on you. Yeah. Well done. At least you might be able to pay your rent this year. Yeah, that's paying the bills. Yeah. The, there's so many people doing it. Um, I think that one of the biggest apps is one called Calm, which you've probably seen. I haven't dug into it, but it's been like I keep on getting sponsored well, ads for it and free trial offers and stuff like I that. Got it. There's 100 million people who use it. You use it? I got it. Well, I got it a couple of weeks ago because I'm having trouble sleeping. Mm. Um, and so I downloaded it. And I actually thank you for alerting me to these articles because I had no idea that this app also had music on it. All I've been using it for at this point is sleep. So what does it do? Well, you do a little, it's like a meditation where you lie in your bed and you focus on your body, you focus on your breathing. So there's someone speaking to someone you. Someone speaking to you. If you want, you can just have ambient noises, water noises, um, forest noises, that kind of thing. But the sleep one, um, I listen to, the one I've been listening to the most, um, Drifting Off With Gratitude, Tamara Levitt, who's become a bit of a superstar. She's a Canadian uh, psychologist perhaps. or She's like the mind, Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yeah. Expert at calm. Yeah, she's got a she's got a great voice to listen to. So I, I have actually been drifting off listening to this for a couple of weeks now. I had no idea there was all this music on it. Yeah, so, like Moses Sumney, Keith Urban, all yeah, these artists. Have yeah, just and done, look, like, I, I did have a look at it this morning when we were preparing for this, and lots of musicians have given their 
I guess, more acoustic sort of ambient style of their same song. So you've got Casey Musgrave doing her songs in an ambient way. And to me, that doesn't really necessarily work. That's more like making it easy listening yeah. for me. That's that's background music. That I don't think that that really fits in. But at least, you know, they, they're using musicians in that way. Mm. Um but then I listened to the Diplo one and I found I found it like it was just promising to to do a drop every every time. <laughs> I found it actually quite stressful, didn't like it. Um, sorry, Diplo. <laughs> I didn't get that far into it. But um, then you have your Devendra Banharts, who's also on there, um, which is actual, yeah, meditation music, ambient music. So there's lots of different layers. So if you want background music, it's on there. If you want meditation music, if you want ambient music that's a little bit more um, uh not so not so calming that's there as well so I, I I'm really looking forward to delving in shall we say because I can't listen to music while I'm working no either can I and I listen I find to a lot of too, Max Richter when I'm working yeah I find it far too distracting my my and maybe that's just the way my brain works yeah so I'm I'm a bit excited that this is all on there it, like I've, have you ever used that sort of stuff though before? Like, do you, why do you feel like you need to use an app to do listen to the sounds of oceans and all that kind of stuff? What's the what's the difference for you? Well, I'm kind of curious about people gravitating towards you know a couple of major like yeah, headspace, headspace and calm well, and why I, they go towards these when this we've been talking about meditation and we've been hearing this yeah. music since you know for for decades and yeah. you mentioned Eno like a perfect example. So why this app? Well, I think as products of our culture and our time that we don't we want to access things quite quickly Mm. and as you know you've done meditation you've done transcendental meditation that takes a lot of work Mm. and uh, given the fast-paced nature of our culture we don't have the ability to switch off in the same way I don't think and we need a bit of help I certainly do I've never done meditation otherwise so this is to me an entry level I think and if it works then maybe I'll trust my own mind to be able to switch off in such a way but at at this stage for me it's purely entry level and dipping the toes into something that I know gives you great benefits when exercised on a daily basis we've been told this it really does reduce your levels of anxiety it reduces levels of cortisol it's it it's proven to be a very effective way of becoming a calmer, less anxious person. So I really want to give it a go, but I don't think I've got the skills or the capability and then maybe I'll take a a further step once I get past it. So I reckon that's why people are doing it. And easier access. Easy access, yeah, because, you know, we're lazy AF these days too. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're a Mad One Direction fan, maybe you just want to hear Dream With Me, a story read by Harry Styles Mm -hmm. and a calm investor. Hello, his dusky voice coos over soothing piano music. I'm Harry Styles. Can we listen to a bit of that? (laughs) I'm going to help you drift off to sleep with some soothing words and calming music, sleep story just for you. Thank you, Harry. I will dream of you in a linen suit. You know who I stand though, and this is a free app. You can pay for some of it, but you can get a lot of it for free. Andrew Johnson. Who is Andrew Johnson? Fill me in. Our friend, Ali Benton, Mm. put me onto Andrew Johnson years ago. And even though I do do transcendental meditation when I remember, I'm not always so good at it. Sometimes when my head is spinning, because transcendental meditation is not something that I do to get to sleep. It's something that I do to kind of give myself a brief break and like a brain bath and then I go about my day. So if I want to get to sleep, I listen to Andrew Johnson. Just take a listen to this. Notice how the mind's becoming just a little quieter. 
You see, the conscious mind can't really concentrate on many things at once. That's why we feel so overwhelmed when we get stressed and panicky. His Scottish accent just is just so good. I've gone to sleep. The other part. Overwhelmed. <laughs> like very rarely do I make it to this part because if I'm able to fully relax, mm. I am fast asleep. There's been a couple of times when I've been so wired that I've gotten to the end of the podcast. Oh, really? So I've never I'm got still, to an end of one Still yet. awake. Only a couple. And that's when I've heard what he does, which is he leads you through, you know, that kind of old classic think about every part of your body and relax mm. it. And then he counts you down almost to the steps. It's almost like transcendental yeah. meditation, getting you, you know, to transcend and to anchor yourself down. And he goes, 10, 9, 8, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end he's like basically saying you should re- let go and goes, no. <laughs> no. Is that to terrify you or, to, or is it to make you feel to good? To let go. If you make let it to that, then it's not working. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I've got to get into this. Get on to Andrew Johnson. And He's that's the free? Best. That's free? It's free. Okay. Don't pay your 70 bucks for calm. Get on to him. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can access some of this shit for free. I know. But, see, the scary thing is, though, if you do watch it, if you do listen to it on YouTube, problem is YouTube keeps playing and you could wake up listening to all kinds of shite and that can't be, that cannot be. <laughs> Imagine what that's doing to your, your brain while you're asleep. Oh. If you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed um, right now just because of, you know, the worlds, then um, dive into a bit of Andrew Johnson or a bit of Brian Eno, Music for Airports. It is an absolute gift. Hey, can we give a shout-out to Alicia who has given us a long-wanted-for denim fashion update. It's been a while since we had a a denim atrocity, isn't it? I think because we live in a time of leisure wear. Because of COVID, no one's wearing jeans anymore. It's so true. And that's probably why. Elasticised waistbands. Exactly. But that's also why jeans have gone from skinny jeans to different style jeans, wide leg jeans, bigger jeans, because the denim industry is just freaking out right now. So do you think they're trying to use more denim to sell it for more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's like we need to bring in a new style and we need to tell everybody that they're unfashionable and you need to wear different kinds of denim now because – Everyone's been in active wear for yeah. the last couple of years. So, you know, there's, there's you talk about conspiracy theories, Dan. <laughs> I don't give a shit about QAnon, but the denim conspiracy theory I am here for. Um, but, How would you describe these boots? Oh, man, these are amazing. They're like a boot, just a regular boot. Like a white a, a cowboy white, boot. A white cowboy boot. a Cuban boot heel. With a Cuban heel, so a bit of height. Mm. So for going out, so socialising and all of that. <laughs> um, but then it's got what looks to be a sleeve where the normal high leg of a boot would go. And that sleeve is dropped or ruched, I guess you could say. Um, and it's just, it's not a, like a normal sleeve or a, anything relating to the boot. It's like a denim leg warmer over the boot. <laughs> It's like they've cut off the jeans just below the knee and stuck them onto the boot. Yeah. So, but you don't wear the top part. So you kind no. of, it, when I saw it on the actual model in the picture, it looked like if someone's surprised you in the toilets and you oh, haven't had a chance to pull your pants back up, <laughs> they're just kind of like pushed down to yes. the knees. Yes. <laughs> it's strange. Oh my God, that's But brilliant. I'm into it. I think pants they're hot. Down. Yeah, look, I've, I've also seen the leopard print version as well and I'm... Kind of, I would wear. I think I would wear. And it comes from this – and they're $1,800 then. <laughs> this is 
this is the other bit. Um, and I was like, why are they so expensive from a label, R13, I've never heard of. So I look up R13 <laughs> and R13. Oh, you went deep. Yeah, 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 because <laughs> I actually did quite like the leopard print ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> urban, edgy and unabashedly cool. They're on discount too. Only $1,200 for those. <laughs> Unabashedly cool R13 clothing first appeared in 2009. Never heard of you. But creative director Chris Lieber, who was the former VP of Ralph Lauren, didn't claim ownership for the grunge-inspired label until 2016. Mm. So who knows? Look, I I wouldn't pay that much for for the denim-sleeved cowboy boot, but I would wear. We'll put them in the show notes. You have yeah. to see these to believe them. They're quite incredible. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you to Thank everyone you. who hits us up uh, with fashion updates. We've had so many beautiful messages in our email box that you forwarded to me. Thank you, Zan. Um, and so many great reviews as well in the last couple of weeks. Like I just I'm so moved by them and I want I you know, even me who's hopeless at replying to anyone wants to reply to them all. Just know I'm thinking of you. Yeah, we read them all and we really appreciate them. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, more on you banging back to us in just a moment. But first, what are you banging on about this week? Uh, I am banging on about, speaking of NADOC week, uh, SBS's fabulous show, Who Do You Think You Are?, which mm. I, I just adore, um, has a person who's looking at his family history, a very unknown family history, the wonderful and legendary Jack Charles. Um, oh, and and they've, they've, they've aligned it, obviously, with NADOC week because this is a story not only about in a way, Jack's finding of who he is, it's also an incredible story about the stolen generations, an incredibly awful story about the stolen generations, about, um, you know, the decimation of, of Indigenous people across Australia because it goes across to different countries. Um, he ends up in Tasmania. It's, yeah, it's it's so, so moving and so awful and a real wake-up call for anyone who doesn't understand what generations of our First Peoples went through to watch this. I mean, his own mother, who he did meet, he was part of the Stolen Generations and he met his own mother in Swan Hill um, and she wasn't, he said, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't that happy to see him. She she had become so hard because 13 of her children were taken oh away from her. 13, like what, what would that do to any human being it's it's just extraordinary and he'd he'd worked through that but he never knew his father and he said the words which we wouldn't probably say today but very much of his generation you know I've always been a bastard Mm. and it's part of his incomplete picture and you know they they hand him an envelope this is your father this is in the first 10 minutes this is your father here's a photo and it's like oh my god and you know it you'll be crying in the first ten minutes, it's it's and and the story is extraordinary. Links his heritage and his mother's heritage. A very strong, tough woman to get through that sort of difficulty of losing thirteen children. Mm. Oh man, it's it's brutal. It is brutal. And what we you know, our his we should be ashamed of that history, and we should all know about it. And yeah, it's 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 brilliant. That's the thing, isn't it? We need to talk about this. This is a a huge conversation that continues to. To happen about the importance of truth telling in order to move forward. You can't just say, okay, well, what's next? It's like we've actually got to hear these difficult stories to understand the gravity of what generations of Indigenous Australians have been through mm. since white settlement. Yeah. And that's they're really hard 
conversations to have and they're really hard to watch. But God, imagine being at the centre of that. Yeah, Our job is not hard. No. We need to listen. Exactly. I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to add, he meets a member of his, he meets his brother within oh, the God. first 15 minutes. Like it's, imagine never having, met never met him before, wow. never knew about the rest of his relatives, some of some who are still alive. And he takes it all with such grace, you know, and I know that it must be, like, I just can't imagine kind of processing any of that information. Yeah. And and that, that, that talks about his dignity and his, you know, what, what an incredibly strong person he is. All right, yeah. I'm going to watch that. Because I'd be freaking furious. I'll put it in the show notes. SBS On Demand. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are with Uncle Jack Charles? Beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. And what are you banging on about? I'm banging on about something that you can watch on demand as well, but on iview. Mm-hmm. And it is a fantastic film on the Bangara Dance Theatre. It's called Firestarter. Some people might have seen it earlier this week screening on ABC TV. It's the story of this incredibly successful Indigenous dance troupe uh, where Stephen Page, the artistic director, became the AD mm. 30 years ago. He was in his mid-20s. He didn't have a lot of experience, but the people who were running it said, we need to have an Indigenous artistic director for this Indigenous dance troupe and threw him in the deep end and he swam. Yeah, And sure it's an amazing, I don't know if you've ever seen anything that Bangara have done. Oh, incredible. God, just incredible. And to see the... You know, obviously they filmed every one of their performances and over 30 years you can see this story evolve and how how they tell stories differently and the risks that they take and the way that they can conceptualise storytelling through modern dance that is linked, of course, to traditional Aboriginal dance and then put on these stages all over Australia and all over the world. It's just, it's amazing to see that within 90 minutes, 30 years of history within 90 minutes, but also at the centre of this story is the story of Stephen and his two brothers, Russell and David Page, who were a dancer and the songman. Mm. David composed all the music for Bangara. And how the three of them really built this troupe, created this environment and this huge legacy. And in Russell and David's case, how trauma, intergenerational trauma, um, led to their untimely deaths, Russell in 2002 and, and David in 2016. Mm. And it's it's devastating but it's also incredibly inspiring. It's beautiful and it's about, like you were just saying, this this loss but also this reclaiming of culture um, and that, that burden of intergenerational trauma but also holding on, having that and telling stories, being a messenger of these stories through art, through mm. dance, which they just do so incredibly. I remember seeing Benelong, which mm. is their most successful I dance you work. On about it. Oh God, in 2017. And I just remember after it finished, I just sat there as many people did in the theatre and just wept. Like it was, I, I will admit, I'm not a huge fan of modern dance. I just sometimes don't quite get it. But the way that Bangara communicate stories is just so visceral and the way they communicated that story of the arrival of the First Fleet and this man, mm. Ben Along. I'm who, really sad I didn't see it. Oh, it was just incredible. Sorry, continue. So, yeah, it just, it floored me. So you'll see parts of that in Firestarter. The whole thing's fantastic. And um, 
And Stephen Page is actually going to be taking five with me this week too. So I'm really excited about having that conversation. A beautiful spirit. Also Hunter Page's dad, Hunter Page Lockhart, who's an amazing actor, has danced with Bangara over the years. You know him from Clever Man, among other things. And, yeah, um, very, very talented family. So, yeah, Stephen Page is going to be doing the Take 5. If if you saw Firestarter or you watch it after this bang on and and you want to hear that conversation, that'll be on the Take 5 podcast too. Oh, fabulous. So, yeah, it's sort of, like you say, some heavy stuff but also really inspiring stuff. And from I I really like that you mentioned Uncle Jack because um, Jack Charles and and Stephen Page are just two uh, incredible artists in a, a hugely talented pool of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander mm. artists, we're lucky to to have continue tell stories, and um, yeah, I'm just so grateful yeah. that they share theirs. So, yeah, yeah highly recommend. Got to watch that. I'll do it today. Highly recommend. We want to bang back with you really soon too. Mm. What have you watched, read, listened to, seen? Hot takes, anything really? We're up for it. Yeah, especially if they're spicy. We're going to be doing a bang back <laughs> episode very very soon. We want your tips, so. Email us. The email address is in the show notes. Um, we're going to be banging back really soon. So now is your time if you've got a, an opinion, and I believe you do. If you're listening to Bang On, you have an opinion. Yeah. Um, tell us that opinion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the amount of emails that we get discussing most of the topics is astounding. So I know that you've got opinions out there. Yeah. Some people actually say that they talk to us while we're talking. I know. I love it. <laughs> I love that too. We hear it. Yeah. We hear you banging back every week. Uh, we want to hear you in the podcast as well. So hit us up in the show notes and we'll be banging back very soon. But I will see you, Slipper Girl, next week. Should I just leave these slippers here so when I come next week, <laughs> just until winter's over? What do you reckon? I think that's quite cute. That's actually a good idea. I have my own slippers at your house. Are you going to leave your like slippers giving, under the bed? I am. Is this like giving me a key? You know when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody and they go, here's the key to my apartment. I'll put a toothbrush aside for you yeah, as well. Thanks. thanks. Uh, me and Norman. We'll be, on the, we'll be sleeping on the couch in no time. It's too cute. Love it. Thank See you, you next week. Bye. Bye. on. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.